I'm Jeff Wright, and welcome to the Blame to Fame podcast. As an entrepreneur, I have not only built an extremely successful business from scratch, but also employed thousands of men and women and helped them on their path to financial freedom. One of the most common themes for me and everyone else who has succeeded is that we never blame anyone and are aware that our success or failures fall solely on our shoulders. It was not until I hit rock bottom that I realized that only I alone could change my future. And on my podcast, you're going to hear the stories of successful folks who have gone from blame to fame in their own lives. I look forward to sharing my journey and great guests that will educate you about their path to success. Please join me each week on the Blame to Fame podcast. All right. Today, we have got a very special guest. We have Mr. Sam Sells from New Brunsville, Texas. He is the founder of Wild Mountain Capital. He is a retired Air Force officer, and you can follow him on his Instagram at Clean Money Sam. Now, Sam, I'm in, I'm in South Florida, brother. A lot of people here don't know what clean money is. So <laughs> tell, me what, tell me about clean money. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, first off, thanks for having me on the show, Jeff. Um, it's an absolute pleasure. And I love South Florida. What a great place, Florida in general, what a great place, um, in the world, even, you know, as we affectionately call the panhandle lower Alabama, um, yeah. you know, good, good people, good places. So clean money. Great question. So if you're, in, if you're in Miami, if you're thinking clean money, you may be saying like, Oh, it's been, wonderfully well <laughs> and that's uh, that's not at all what we're talking about so when you hear clean energy what do you think of you think of like you know solar power that has a minimal impact on the environment you know is there an impact yeah there's an impact but you know it's a, it may be less uh, significantly less than say fossil fuels or some other type of power right uh, same with clean eating we think clean eating you think of like I care about the foods that I'm putting into my body. Where do they come from? How are they resourced? Um, is it, you know, full of chemicals and et cetera, or is it actually good for my body? So clean money is in that same vein. It's like, you know, where does my money go? How's it being invested? And, you know, what we, we believe clean money is, is money that is, is being utilized to create a great return and, um, but it also makes us a, a positive social impact on the world. Uh, so if, if it doesn't have a positive impact, then it's just, you know, it's just money. You're just, you know, you're just making money. Uh, but if it has a, a positive social impact on our future okay. uh, and you're still making money, then it's, it's clean. That's how we look at it. So uh, I was, I was reading that uh, and I, and I, I, I really caught the drift, but some people may not is you turn uh affordable housing in the housing that's affordable. Um, and, and, and I'm guessing most of what you do is in the real estate space, but, uh, but explain what you mean by that, taking affordable housing and making it a housing that's, that's affordable because some people may not understand that I get it, but, but a lot of people. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. So everyone's heard the term slum lords, right? And in our minds, we, we've got this idea that slumlord is this evil, fat, uh, white dude that's just benefiting from um, 
taking advantage of the lower socioeconomic class of, of folks, right? Uh, where I come from, I grew up in that um, in that environment. So if uh, I want, I'm spinning that on the head. So look, you know, we take these properties from slumlords, and and they may be evil people. They may be really great people who have gotten older who just lost control of the property or they got in over the heads or, or whatever it may be, uh, health problems sometimes or some other thing. But we take these properties that have been severe, severely neglected. Um, maybe their occupancy is 50% or 20%. Maybe, um, you know, there's six sewer line, you know, ruptured on the property and SWAT teams there every other day, whatever it looks like. And we take that property and we, we take over property management, we take in a, a significant amount of, of, of cash and start renovating the property and turn it into a nice, clean, safe place for people to live with playgrounds and the swimming pools clean and, and uh, all these resources come to bear, working with charities and, you know, Section 8 housing and, you know, every nonprofit you can think of for educational, um, social uh, welfare and everything else. What's great about all that is all that, a lot of that stuff is free. Um, and so investors actually benefit from us working with charity, right? Investors okay. benefit from us cleaning up the property and getting rid of crime and turning it into a safe, clean place for people to live. Um, demand is off the roof. Well, you know, I know one of our properties has maintained over a 60 person waiting list for the, over the past year. And just as soon as we get units on um, open and available, people come in and they're paying the market rate uh, or something very close to the market rate. Well, you know, I, I do believe that you are uh, you you you're greatly influenced by the environment that you're in. Now, if you take Whole Foods, for example, and I am not a Whole Foods fan, I I, I, I hate that place. <laughs> but my, my kids, my kids call it Whole Paycheck. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> uh, there, I, I saw a TikTok the other day of uh, John Morgan, who uh, is a big time personal injury attorney uh, in Florida. He said yeah. there are basically two kinds of people that shop at Whole Foods, rich people and people who want to shop with rich people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I read this years ago. They actually had opened up a, a store in a very crime ridden part of Chicago. And after they had opened up that store, the crime in that area actually went down. Hmm. And so, um, so for whatever, you know, you know, take that for what you, what you will. But I think if you're, if you're taking housing that, that was dilapidated or run down or, ne or neglected, and you're making it nice. You're putting some nicer amenities in there that that a lot of the people living there probably would their first time ever having that or being used used to that. I think you'll have uh, people that are probably going to be a little nicer, going to take care of the property a little bit better and a little more prideful about their about where they live. Am I am I right about that? You're 100 percent right. Uh, governance is huge uh, for us. And so if you think of Whole Foods coming in there, they're not going down to the level of, of everyone else. They're not trashing their property. They're not allowing crime to happen on their property. They've got cameras. They've got you know people out there cleaning up the trash. They make sure people abide by the rules. People park illegally. They're going to you know 
pull their vehicles off. And, and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, I got to abide by the rules and then I can I can live here or I can shop here, right? And so it's the same thing with our properties. We come in and all of a sudden it takes it takes months for this to happen. But when I showed up at one of, you know, let's take Flats of one the last place we, we bought. Uh, when we showed up during the due diligence period, trash was everywhere. There were six active sewage leaks. Sewage water was running into the parking lot. No kidding. For three months, while we went through the acquisition process, the sewage leaks were actively in, in the parking lot. It was disgusting. Wow. The owner wouldn't fix it. He would not fix it. And so when we closed on that property, guess what? Those sewage leaks got fixed within the first week, right? Um, we the, the trash, within a couple of weeks, that entire property was clean. And I've been back to that property and there's no trash anywhere. Because we find people $25 is not huge, but hey, we asked you to get your trash off your porch or your yard. That's $25 now, right? And it's enough for people to say, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore because they don't want to spend 25 bucks. It's, it's simple things, but it makes a huge difference in the quality of life. And all of a sudden buy-in happens and the people elevate themselves. We're not coming in there and gentrifying and bringing in all new people who want to live in luxury apartments. Right. We're just, we're kicking out the bad actors, the people who are, are genuinely bad and where we are lifting that entire ship, so to speak, the entire community up. And, and it, it works. It just works. Well, and what's important about that, you said it, you're not gentrifying anything. Now, last week, I was in downtown Detroit and I will tell you the last time I was in downtown Detroit was probably uh, 13 years ago. I went to a football game. They had just built the uh, Ford field, gorgeous stadium, but Sam, it looked like a third world shithole all the way around. Yeah. It, it looked yeah. terrible. And I was, I went back and I was just totally shocked at how nice downtown Detroit is and you know they say at night still not the best place to be but but how they had cleaned it up but um there was a lot or there there are now a lot of uh, bars restaurants and stores there now that the people that was living there 13 years ago wouldn't have a prayer of being able to afford uh, of shopping in so it it got uh, the, the, a big turnaround of that, of, of downtown Detroit, at least from what I saw was gentrification, but that, that really doesn't help the people that, that was there before. It, yeah. It's just, it's just bringing in new blood, making it the, you know, the chic new place to be. If you could imagine, imagine Detroit being that, but, but, um, and, and that's the whole thing about gentrification before I moved to Florida, uh, I lived in Atlanta for most of my life and downtown Atlanta, uh, and there are lots of neighborhoods in downtown Atlanta that, that were really run down lots of crime and whatnot. People moved in and started gentrifying it. And mm -hmm. all the poor people basically ran out to the suburbs. Um, and, and, yeah. but you're not doing that. You're, 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 you're improving the lives of people that, that are already there just saying, Hey, uh, we're going to clean this up. We're going to make it better. You're welcome to stay here. We're not going to jack your, 
your thousand dollar a month rent to five thousand dollars a month rent. This is uh, which which that happens. Yeah. Um, oh, it happens all the time. And yeah, I, yeah. So so I, I think it's really great what you're doing. Thank you. I, let me share you just a quick anecdote because we do raise rents and. And so before I get the hate, hate mail that comes and the, and the spam, right? So we add a washer dryer to a unit, okay? Um, and we let the people know, hey, we're going to add a washer dryer at $75 a month. Um, are you willing to do that? And uh, last pick, I mean, people were like, yep, no problem. And, you know, on the outside, you say, oh, you're raising rents by $75 a month. Well, uh, just talking to, to one of those moms, I asked so why are you willing to pay seventy five dollars a month? Oh, because I spend hours each each month, and I I spend one hundred and fifty dollars a month at the laundromat, right? Um, in five or six hours every month doing laundry, uh, but I can do it in my house and pay half as much money, and now I get all my time back. Yeah, it's an easy win. So we're, char- we're I mean, she's spending half, so we just cut her her monthly laundry space by half. We brought her back five hours of her life that she lost or more. And now she can go to online school. She can start her online business. She can read a book. She can spend more time with the kids, whatever, whatever that looks like. Talk about life improvement. Yeah. Huge. Are we, are the rents increasing? Yes. Are we creating value? Yes. But you know what the biggest thing you did, Sam, and this is for all your haters out there, (laughs) you destroyed, uh, you, you drastically improved this woman's dignity is yeah. what you did and, and having your dignity to store, uh, restored is absolutely everything. So, uh, for all the haters out there for whatever it is, Sam's doing, um, you know, <laughs> you know, don't, don't try to walk in Sam's shoes unless you've been in Sam's shoes. It, it, it uh, cause people, I mean, people, people just don't get it. They, they just don't understand of, of, of the pressures and everything you have to deal with, with, with running a business. They just think everything runs itself. They think, you know, if you're a landlord, I don't own rental property, but, uh, but, but, you know, they, I know I have a lot of friends that do and, you know, people think that this money just, just falls out of the sky. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you own all these, you own all these apartments and you're not doing anything. You know, you're, you're sitting on a, on a yacht, smoking weed in Miami and, uh, just let let the money come in. (laughs) Yeah, that that's, that's yeah, exactly. So I think it's a great thing you're doing. What, what is, what's the worst project you ever worked on? I think you talked about the one with the, with the sewage, but, but what, what have you worked on where you look, look at something and go, Oh shit, man, there's no way in hell I can make this work. And then, you know, because it was bad neighborhood, bad, bad infrastructure, bad building, whatever. And, and you actually turned that around and, uh, uh, and, and made it, made it nice, affordable housing for people. Yeah. We, we bought a project. Great question. We bought a project, um, in, it's Columbus, Georgia, MSA, but it's on the Alabama side, Phoenix City, Alabama. When we know it well. It, was, yeah, great. So 52 units or 53 units, um, about five people living in there when we bought it. A lady had, her folks had passed away. She had inherited it, um, didn't know what to do with it, was in college or something else. So um, it had gone from even 
bad to even worse. Uh, and we picked it up. So we, we picked it up, a uh, great basis. And we're like, oh my goodness, there's a lot of work here, just a ton of work here. Just think a decade of nothing happening uh, at that property. And so you got, you know, people who live there who don't pay rent, uh, you got crime there, you got some other issues there. And that was a year ago. Today, we're down to the last 18 units. It has been really challenging, you know, with the city, getting the city to go out there because they got to inspect and some of those units have been condemned. Some of the buildings have been condemned to get those released so that we can finish the renovations. And it's got to be an Alabama certified you know, Phoenix City certified person to come in there and, and, you know, I just, it's been a challenge, but we've, you know, we're now, almost how, done. How far from the river are, are you, is your property in Phoenix City? Uh, it's about, it's less than a mile. Less than a mile. Mm-hmm. And for people that don't know, uh, I know a lot about this because I, I actually own a lake house uh, on, on the river. Uh, just north of Columbus, Georgia. So I, I know that area quite well. And they had downtown Columbus, Georgia had gone through a big gentrification of, you know, redoing the downtown. They, they mm-hmm. tore out a bunch of river dams and placed rocks in there. And they put this whole long uh, whitewater rafting shoot. Have you ever been down there and done that? Actually got on a raft and, and, and shot down the, the Chattahoochee River. It's crazy. I have not. I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to go do that now. That's yeah. Yeah. You can actually, you, they actually have a zip line that goes all the way across the river from the Georgia side to the Alabama side. But, but that, that took, um, but you know, that took an area that, you know, both sides of the river were just, just run down and Mm -hmm. they went in there and just really made it livable, made it really nice. I don't know if you know this or not, but Phoenix city, Alabama, is the only city in America that's actually been put under martial law. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't doubt that. I'm going to have to share that with my team. Cause they're going yeah, to like, yeah. yeah. So what the, the story, the story with that, and this is before my time, um, you have Fort Benning, uh, Georgia there. And so, um, the, the mafia from Chicago, this is like late 50s, early 60s. The mafia in Chicago uh, had all kinds of gambling houses in Phoenix City, Alabama. You know, you know, gambling houses, prostitution, you know, moonshine, God knows what, to lure the soldiers coming over there. And people were just get, like, getting killed every day. And so uh, it got so bad, they actually enacted martial law there and, and you know, and I don't, of course, like I said, it was before my time, but they went through all these gambling houses and destroyed all these casinos that had all kinds of slot machines and tables, and they dumped them in the Chattahoochee River. And even to this day, divers will go down in the river and find those slot machines still sitting there in the river. Wow. So you learn something, something about a, a, a place where you own property. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I know, like, so we've, those those things were so run down. We re-roofed, re-new interiors, new paint, new windows, uh, all new wiring, um, new appliances. I mean, just 
gut and, and re-put back together, still significantly less expensive than building brand new. Um, I think our, our average rent there is like 650 bucks a month, super oh, wow. reasonable, you know, just super reasonable. And it's still profitable to us at that price because our basis is so low The you know, these things really make a difference to the community. Uh, like you said, you know, when <laughs> you got something with such a disturbed history that most people just kind of stay away. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and like $600 a month, that's, that's even hard to fathom because here I know people that were paying two years ago, they were paying $2,000 a month. Now it's four. And, and I can leave any direction of my office and see multiple units. They're just going up, going up, going up. There's so many people building apartments here in Florida. Um, and, and I was, I was listening to something that, that Grant Cardone had said, he said that, you know, this will become a renter nation. And, uh, I don't think yeah. he's wrong about that for a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of people, uh, you know, he, he rents himself. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that? about it? And yeah, it's made me think because we're, you know, maybe we should sell our house cash out because I could take a hundred grand invest it, you know, in my, in our deals and, and turn that into, you know, we're going to, we're selling, when we sell that property there, our investors will get over a 50% return on their cash. So how long, Sam, have you been in the uh, real estate game since you got out of the Air Force? No, I was, I started flipping home in the early 2000s, made it through 2008 just fine because our strategy was always really low basis, uh, make something nice, clean, affordable, you know, that, that works great and then sell a below market, you know, for, you know, to move, move quickly. So, um, a lot of our deals we try and keep for a long time because of the area we really want to improve and grow. But some of our projects we're we're just going ahead, you know, moving forward and selling them because we've executed the business plan and you know we want to concentrate on other markets. And so that one there is one that we'll let go. So did you ever watch that show Flipping Vegas? My wife loves that show. I don't think uh, I think all they show now is reruns where where the guy the guy can do a hundred thousand dollars worth of reno for 20 grand and do it in six days instead of six months. Yeah. <laughs> they'll show, they'll yeah. show all the reno and what the prices were. And I'm like, they got to be stealing this stuff for them to, to, to do that. Yeah. Because the labor be more. So, yeah. I, I, so you're not one of those guys. No, I, I will say, so we run our own construction company. We, we learned that we could just do it better and better and faster. So we do churn about three units a week, that three okay. down units a week uh, per crew, per property. Um, and that's just kind of been our, our, where our mojo is. For the past, for example, the past 12 months, we've done over 230 units wow. um, across the board. So we're hustling. Um, and we're about a thousand, sometimes 2000 below anything we've seen anyone else quote us. Um, because, because we just control all, all the steps. So as an investors who come and join us, they get our own property management company because no one else we've ever worked with will work with all the charities and everything else. And that's just from a purely selfish side, that's, that's guaranteed rents. 
Um, yeah. And it keeps our renters in the property and that lowers our marketing expenses and lowers everything else. It's great for the community. It's great for the people. It's great for the charity. They get to program their funds um, and do what they're set up to do. It's, it's great for our investors. So why not do that stuff? And nobody wants to do that. We do. Why not? Um, and so just sorry, talking fast here, but no, not at all. You know, we can at the end of the day, it's like this concept of clean money, invest in a way that matters. If, if I take 100 grand out of my house and invest it here, not only am I going to earn a fantastic return because we're coming in at a very low basis and we're creating a ton of value in these properties and we're usually getting them for one or two million dollars under the market value anyway so the day we close we have two million dollars in equity i've done that numerous times yeah. and then we're creating four or five million dollars equity in a year and so sometimes it's like hard not to want to sell the property because we just made seven million dollars uh, on a property that we invested three million dollars into or four million dollars into and it's just that's not bad it's just not a bad way to do business. Plus we're actually doing good. Yeah. And so that's what makes end, it, that's what makes it even better. It if makes it do, even if better. You're doing, if you're doing something that's making a difference, you know, it's when one thing, bought, it's one thing yeah. just, just to go out and make money. Uh, but you know, even, even in my business, I own a big insurance brokerage company and, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the things that we do, we do for the military, we do for first responders and whatnot. And just to see the difference that what you're doing is making in the lives of, of, of so many people, that's what makes it worth doing. That's what makes you passion, more and more passionate about what yeah. you're doing. So yeah. are you teaching other people how to do this, Sam, or is that something you want to do? I've just started teaching other people how to do this. Um, and one, one of the hardest things to do is just to know what the next step is yeah. in, in your progression and, and charting the trajectory. And so we've started helping people who are at the very, very beginning or somewhere in between. They've gone to a Brad Sumrock, they've gone to, you know, one of these big groups. And now they're like, I don't know what to do next. And so we'll come, stuck. you know, come, they're stuck, right? They're stuck. Like, well, okay. Let's work on your basis of capital raising because you you know that's your lifeblood. Or, or your capital raising is great, but your underwriting is not good. Or, or this is this needs to get fixed. So let's work on this piece, and then we help them get to that next level. We've also can help folks who've been doing this and making a lot of money, but they want to move into the institutional world because look, guess what? Big institutions do they buy apartment complexes? Insurance companies do it all the time, but they're not going to do the operations, so they come invest money with people like us. And so we closed, our last one was with the institutional partner. They gave us, you know, $5 million. Um, we put in our uh, 10% of our own cash and then we did the deal and we do all the operations. We run the property, we do the accounting, we do development, the property management and everything else. And then we give that money back. We distribute money to them and then they distribute money to their investors after they've taken out their piece. How, how difficult is it to borrow money these days? It's gotten. Um, more challenging, but fortunately for those of us who have really well-established relationships, it's going pretty well. The problem we've had is buyers on small apartment complexes are struggling to get debt um, secured. And so we've had some of our smaller deals that we're letting go um, that have failed because those, those buyers just can't secure debt. And I'm like, guys, you, you need a partner with a big company like 
I'm on capital, you need to partner with somebody who has the chops, the assets and everything else to secure the debt. Um, and then after you've done that a few times, then go out on your own, but don't try and do it on your own from the beginning. It is crazy hard, particularly right now. Yeah, I, I, can, o I can only imagine because um, someone was telling me they had just, they had just borrowed some money. Uh, and, and this, this is really rich guy, uh, had, yeah. had, had, had borrowed some money to, to build a building. And he, he said there were just numerous times he, he just wanted to just throw his hands up and just write a check, which he, he could afford to do. He just wanted to carry some paper on it, but, yeah. and, and this was with an institution he's been with for probably 20 years. Yeah. And they've it's, still given him a hard time, like every, every little thing. Every little thing. It's, it's, people won't believe me, but buying commercial real estate is so much easier than buying a house. Yeah. Um, like I can get approved for a $20 million loan, no problem uh, for an apartment complex. When it comes to buying a house, you know, they put me through the ringer, you know, just like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> it's just, it's not, it's a small loan. I put a ton of cash down. What do you, I mean, forget it. Yeah. They, 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 they want to know, um, you know, if you're, if you're making, you know, if, if your paycheck's 10 grand, of 10 grand a month, and if you keep 500 bucks out for walking around money, they want to know where that 500 bucks went. I, yeah. I, I actually have a friend of mine that happened to. Yeah. <laughs> Back in November of 1977, you spent two hundred dollars on this. You're like, oh. actually, actually, what he said to them was, "Well, I cashed my paycheck in your bank. You have surveillance cameras all over the place. The money went in my damn pocket. So just rerun the tapes. You'll know where it went." <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah. and what's so crazy? What is so crazy about the stuff that these banks want? Like, if 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 the bank wants you to have sitting in your bank account uh, at the time of closing enough money to make 12 months of payments. And you have that after you sign the deal, you could take it and blow it all. They could care less. It's just what yeah. it looked like when you signed the deal, when, when the, when the deal was closed, it, it, it's insane. It's insane. And that's, yeah, so they like never go back and check anything. They yeah. can care less. They could care less. Just make your payments. I'm like, I've been making my payments for the past, you know, 20 years on my single home and I've never missed a single one. And this payment on this house is less than the one I am currently paying. And, and why are you going to give me a heartache about this? I mean, so, so how, how big of a, you know, you're in Texas. Uh, I know where, I know where Phoenix city, Alabama is. So, you know, that's, that's, that's a pretty good jump. So how big of an area do you work? Are you all over the country? We're working in six states. Um, eventually, I would like to grow um, quite a bit more, but our focus right now is really on a Fort Worth market, um, trying to buy up a lot of the distressed apartment complexes, um, particularly in certain areas where if, if I can uplift the entire community by buying half the real estate there, yeah. Half, half or more of the multifamily real estate. I know what I'm going to do. I know what my team's going to do. We're not slumlords. We're not going to come in there and and screw every person that lives in that apartment complex um, or any of them. As what we're going to do is we're going to make that place better. And yeah, I'm sorry if you're not safe and not a good person and can't 
control yourself. You are going to leave. We are going to let you go. What's the worst you tenant you ever had, Sam? You ever had anybody start a meth lab or, or, or do some crazy shit like that? Uh, we did have a, a property manager who, uh, not like at a site, he was running a meth lab. We did not know that. Oh my um, God. <laughs> it lasted for about, uh, four months. Um, we hired him. He was great. Got excellent collections. Like, man, this guy's rocking it. Yeah. And then, uh, then he got busted for a meth lab and <laughs> he was juiced up, dude. <laughs> he was juiced up. He made sure everybody juiced paid. <laughs> And you're like, ah, oh, everybody seemed to like you. We liked you. Like your personality was great. But yeah, he was, you know, breaking bad. Um, anyhow. Yeah, we've had yeah. People, I mean, it's good yeah. though. It's it's great though that that you know, if you're it, it it's it's all it's almost like anything or it is like anything else, and that is um when you raise expectations whether it be with someone you work with or your spouse, your children, or, or an environment with what you're trying to do or what you are doing uh, with, the, uh, with, with your, your residential uh, thing, your apartments. Yeah. When, when you raise those expectations, people are typically going to rise up to them. So if, if people were living in one of these buildings, and I'm assuming that you're getting a lot of uh, – repeat tenants, people that were there, you know, before, before Sam and then after Sam, um, um, you know, yeah. if, if they were, if they saw cop cars coming up there every night and hearing bullets flying and whatnot, which, um, I don't know if, 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 if any of your properties had that before you bought them, sounds like they probably did. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You, you know, how much happier are, are your tenants, you know, because, yeah, I, I believe most people, they just want to live a quiet, happy life, be safe and not yeah. bother anybody and nobody bother them, you know, devoid of all that drama. Um, ha have you had any of your tenants just walk up to you and say, you know, I feel safer. I feel, you know, better. I feel, I feel like, uh, 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 you know, I have a much better environment for my kids or, or, or for my family. Uh, do you get that a lot? Because I would think that you would. We get a, a lot. Um, and I have to say, it is the most fulfilling thing in the world to, you know, outside of you know, like having a kid or, or getting married or, or some of those other Sentinel uh, events, but the, um, you know, walking around at the property and somebody coming to you, to me and saying, are you the new owner? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the new owners. You've met Jesse, my brother, because he's the one that's there at the property all the time. Like, thank you so much for what you guys are doing. Yeah. And we, we have gotten this so much that last week, um, one of the gals that I work with and I, we went to the, uh, one of the properties and we just took some film interviews and said, okay, tell us about how it was before. Tell us about how it is now. Cause I've always like hidden from the world. I'm like, I don't, you know, this is incredible stuff. I don't want everyone to to know what we're doing because I don't want them to think that I'm just like, oh, look at me. I'm doing all these great things. I mean, like, no, no, no. Let's, let's show the the people and what's actually happening in their lives. So we're starting to do that and share that. So that video will come out. And if people follow my LinkedIn or Instagram, they will see that video here in probably a few weeks of us talking with, you know, several of the residents 
um, and about their pre, you know, being there at the property beforehand and then there now. And it's remarkable. It's kind of stuff that'll make you cry, make a grown man cry just hearing, you know, from that. That's amazing. It's just, it's amazing. And it's real. The feeling is palpable. This is not made up stuff. Um, it's legit. Yeah. So how, how big are these, uh, these complexes you're, you're doing? What are they like a couple hundred units typically? Yeah, we, we try to stay over 150 units um, unless it's nearby one of our complexes. You know, we really got to ensure our costs are low um, and that we're still able to train our property managers um, to help raise expectation with them and teach them how to govern these properties. Uh, so we're not bringing in our, you know, grad school graduate who's now a property manager sitting there and looking down their nose at everybody. Um, we're hiring from within and, and promoting and, and doing everything we can from beginning to end. Now, if and you that really works. If you really want to keep everything high and tight, Sam, what you need to do is recruit a bunch of these uh, 75, 80 year olds here in Florida that, that, that are on the boards of HOAs and all they do is yeah. ride around in golf carts and, and, and write shit down on a, <laughs> on a clipboard <laughs> because that, trust me, it. brother, that is real. That is absolutely <laughs> yeah. real. You get a, you, you, you get a pissed <laughs> off 77 year old woman with a clipboard in your hand and boy, you've, you've got something on your hands. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is a gum wrapper on your, in your yard. No, there isn't. Now there is. Yeah, now there <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah, no, that's, that's, you know, <laughs> governance, governance is important, but, you know, what, social well-being, you know, feeling a community, all those things are really important. It's hard to do that when you got people walking around nitpicking everybody, but yeah, I hear well, you. <laughs> what would you say to someone that was, because, you know, all the time, you, you know, you see it on all the social media people people talking about, you know, buy real estate, get passive income, get all this stuff. Of course, they make it sound like it's the easiest thing in the world to do. But what, what advice would you give someone that had a few bucks that really wanted to get started doing that? What, what, what would you tell them they're, they're the most important thing that they should do and the most important thing they should not do? Yeah, so not do, don't go buy a duplex. Um, they're super expensive right now, way overinflated. I can buy a fiveplex, a sixplex, a tenplex, and anything above for way less a door um, than a duplex or a fourplex. It's just because of how lending works. If you don't under, understand that, please reach out. I'm happy to walk through how the numbers work on that deal. To, uh, so number one thing I would do is go go forward and invest in a group like us. There's lots of them out there. Um, the vast majority do not share our um, your vision. Vision, right? Uh, and, and very very few do, and those that I have found that do very very small yeah. uh, groups. And so um, invest at, as part of a, a syndication. And in, in that case, you are a passive investor. So you don't have to do the work. If you're going to go buy real estate yourself, um, expect to start doing a lot of work. It's just, it's just the way it's going to be. You're going to be doing a lot of work. No matter how many people on Instagram say it's passive income, it's, it's not. The only yeah. way it's passive income is if you are invested in a syndication. 
because the Security Exchange Commission governs that and says that they have to be passive so that they don't share, um, they don't get hammered if somebody slips and falls on the property and sues the property owner. Right. Okay, that liability is owned completely by the general partner, the operating partner, which is like us. So how'd you come up with the name Wild Mountain Capital, which is a cool name. I like that. Yeah, thank you. So we... Because you kind of um, got the mountain man thing going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like all, all the guys in my family now, except for one who's still in the Air Force, all the rest of us have turned into mountain men. Um, so we really like the idea of forging a path that's different than everyone everyone else, nice. you know, doing, doing things different, innovating, uh, on the margin. So yeah, we're still in real estate. We're still doing it. Uh, but we're operating a social company or a, it's like a nonprofit that works within a capitalistic paradigm. So we're doing wonderful things for other people, but we're making money doing it, which means it's sustainable. It lasts forever. We can help as many people who want to get involved in that process to get involved in that process. So what Wild Mountain came from that. Um, and I lived in Alaska and, and we just kind of, you know, we love, we love the mountains. And now I live in Texas where there's almost no mountains, but yeah, the, cool. the name still so, resonates. So, uh, and thank you for your service in the air force. Uh, what, what did you retire as? So retired as a major, uh, I enlisted originally, as oh, a firefighter, wow. did that for a while, um, got out, got my degree, came back in. Um, and major was my favorite. It's where I got to be a bit strategic and a doer at the same time. Okay. Um, anything above that and you stop doing and you get more squished. So I'm friends with two Air Force four stars, General Ed Eberhardt and General Larry Spencer. Mm -hmm. Do you know either either one of those guys? I don't know them personally. No. Yeah. Yeah. Everhart uh, was running NORAD during 9-11. And uh, just just a really cool guy. He, he lives in Colorado Springs now. And uh, General Spencer um, is, I, correct me if I'm wrong, they, they term him as a Mustang. He enlisted yes. as a private and made it all the way up to four-star. Yeah, quite quite amazing. a guy, quite a yeah. quite a guy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, so it's the same with like real estate um, for us because I had that experience as an enlisted guy when I became an officer. I treated enlisted folks with a lot more respect and understood that they are brilliant people um, and super capable, right? And so just like I grew up poor and we run these properties and understand that our people who live in affordable housing can be brilliant and really sharp. And they, a lot of them just want to live simple, clean lives. Others want to, ex, you know, grow and change and, and propel themselves forward, but they can't because they're so focused on trying to live day to day that they can't get beyond that. And so we're trying to take that, some of that burden off of their shoulders so that they can get on a, a better trajectory and, and propel forward. Um, now, well, Sam, I, I think it's great what you're doing. I, I, I think it's very admirable. I think more people should be doing what you're doing is, is you're, 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 you're helping provide better housing, but you're doing it with a conscious. A lot of people only doing it 
just to turn a buck. And, uh, you're obviously not doing that. And, uh, you should be, uh, applauded and congratulated by a lot of people for, uh, for what you're doing. So if people want to get a hold of you, how do they do it? I know we have clean money, Sam on Instagram, uh, yeah. which everybody, everybody, you should follow him. And, uh, but how else can people get in touch with you if they want to invest money with you, or if they want to get some mentorship, uh, I, I'm sure some of the listeners are going to want to know. Yeah. Uh, so go to our website, wildmountaincapital.com, W-I-L-D-M-O-U-N-T-A-I-N-C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Samuel Sells, uh, Instagram, Clean Money Sam. I don't have a lot on Instagram working on that. Uh, definitely have uh, Twitter as well. Really trying to share the message because this, we've been doing it. I know it's, it's possible. So, and reach out to me personally, Sam at wildmountaincapital.com. And I'd love to hear from you. All right. Where, you mentioned the haters. Where are you getting the haters from? I actually, I love haters. I really do. Uh, <laughs> oh, <it's> just, <laughs> we, we get the, oh, you guys are jacking up rents. I'm like, I'm not jacking up rents. Um, if you want to see people brag about jacking up rents and flipping a property and making money, there's plenty of those on, you know, on social media. Uh, are we increasing rents? Yes, but we create a lot of value. As shared with you before, you know, yeah, we're giving I mean, people back their dignity and, and they're, and they're paying for it. They're happy to pay for it. Absolutely. 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 So Sam, man, it was so good having you on. I really, uh, appreciate it. And, 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 and it's great learning about what it is you're doing in, in really not gentrifying, uh, you know, a place, but, but actually letting people stay in the same place, but live with a higher level of dignity uh, brother, there's not enough people in the world like you out there, man. There's just not. So, uh, hopefully this will inspire more people to, uh, to do what you're doing. Thank you, Jeff. I, for sharing the message. I don't think people know they can do this. So yeah. Come, yeah. come join us. Alrighty. Okay. Well, right. you got it. Here's uh, you know, Sam, give him a follow, contact him. Uh, really, really special, special gentleman. Uh, who's doing things with the conscious in a seeming world where nobody's doing anything with the conscious anymore. Uh, yeah. The wild mountain capital is absolutely a rare breed. Sam, thank you so much, brother. Thank you, Jeff. My pleasure. Appreciate it. Uh -huh.